Lindley and I have, over the last month or so, been talking about the possibility of getting a Jeep. Now, those are conversations that don't always come to fruition, but they're kind of fun just to have every once in a while talking about something like that. And we, we discovered mutually that since we started having those conversations, we feel like we're seeing Jeeps everywhere. Like literally everywhere we go, we see a Jeep. We, I came home one day, I said, I think I've seen like 20 or 30 Jeeps today. They're everywhere. She's like, me too. I'm seeing them everywhere. And so let me tell you what did not happen. People did not think about getting Jeeps the same time we did and do it while we're not doing it. No, they, the Jeeps were out there all along. We just weren't looking for them. All of a sudden, we start looking for them, and there they are everywhere. God's plan for his church is not hidden. God's plan for our church family is not hidden. God is not a God who is manufacturing a treasure hunt for his plan such that we find it nearly impossible to find his plan all the while he's enjoying our frustration. That is not who God is. God has not hidden his plan. The bigger question is, are we looking for it? Are we looking for his plan? When Joshua led the Israelites to the edge of the Jordan River, and they were standing there on the edge of that river, looking across that river into the promised land, on the horizon they saw a land that only two of them had ever stepped foot into. Only Joshua and Caleb had stepped foot into the promised land. And that had been 40 years before the moment they're standing at the edge of the Jordan River. So they, they really did not know what the land would be like, what it would be like to inhabit the land. It had been 40 years since they'd been there. So here the whole nation is standing at the edge of the river and they see on the horizon a land that ultimately in their mind's eye they can imagine. They can imagine what it will be like to walk into the land flowing with milk and honey. They can imagine what it would be like to inhabit this land. But the best they can do on that side of the Jordan is just have a picture in their mind of what it could be. And there they stood. And God caused that river to stand up in a heap. And that ground to dry out in front of them. And though they could not see every detail of what it meant to be in the promised land, what they could see was their very next step into that dry riverbed. God is not hiding his plan. And he wants every one of us as a church family to see our very next step. Yes, we've got ideas of what we aspire it to be like when we take our land. We, we believe that God is giving some clarity in terms of the horizon vision of where we're headed. But really, the, the bigger question is, as God reveals 
our very next step, each one of us, are we willing to look for it? Are we willing to seek after it? Are we willing to trust Him and actually take the very next step that is most clear in our lives? Are, are we willing to take our very next step? I want to tell you a story that I think really captures what it means to be a part of the FBG family. This is a story about our vision. There's a young family who moved to Texas in March. And they have a, a family of kids that are 10 and under. There are four of them. They moved to Texas and they began to think about, we want to find a church home. So in process of moving here, they're investigating, trying to find a place, and they're, they're looking at different resources and different trusted avenues of discovering different churches they could start to visit. And they, they start to, to check out some of those churches they've discovered and found out about. And, and they're truly trying to figure out where God would have them. So they're new to our community, looking for a place to, go, to, to walk with the Lord and be a part of a church family. And so they're in that process, and it just so happens that the, the mom, the the wife, we'll call her Kim, shows up at a local park. She's taking her four kids there to play and hang out. And while they're playing there and hanging out, one of our pastors and his wife are there with their grandkids. I mean, that narrows the scope of who that could be. So David and Ellen are out there playing with their grandkids. And uh, they, they don't just think about their own experiences. They don't just think about their own kid, grandkids having a great time. They're watching this young mom and her kiddos. And, and all of a sudden, the next thing you know, the, the, these two families are interacting. And they're having conversations. And they're talking about things. And, and they discover these commonalities. And, and this lady, Kim, she's asking about things. And David and Ella are talking about things. And guess what comes up? Our church family. Hey, would you come and... Check out our church family. We love our church, and we love what the Lord's doing in our lives. We think your family would benefit. They had this great conversation, and Kim, she goes home, and she begins to investigate who we are. She gets online. She tries to figure out more about us, and she discovers that we're a larger church, and she's like, I don't know if we, we'd feel comfortable in a larger church. It's, it's, it's kind of big, and, and I'm not sure. She kind of puts it on pause, and then her husband, we'll call him Steve. Steve says to Kim, hey, it's your birthday, and I'd like, to, I'd like you to go to one of those nail salons and get your nails done. And so she goes to one of the local nail salons. She's getting her nails done, and she's trying to engage the person who's doing her nails in a faith conversation. And a couple chairs down, this lady's kind of paying attention to what's going on down there, and she kind of interrupts what's happening down there and starts in a conversation with Kim and starts talking about her church and how much she loves the Lord and how excited she is about what the Lord's doing in her life and her church family. Guess what church she's from? FBG. She gives a personal invitation to Kim. Would you consider coming? And Kim goes home. And she's like, hey, Steve, I, I think this is what happened. We've got two personal invitations. Let's go try it. And so they show up on our campus. You know what happened? They met three people in the parking lot who were volunteers in our church family, just loved them all the way into the building. And then when they got into the building, they went to the children's area, and they encountered four different people in the children's area that just shared with them what we're about, why we do it, and just loved on them. 
They walked into the worship center. You know what? They found a place to sit. And you know what happened? Somebody sitting close to them, right next to where they were, met them and started talking to them about their lives. And they came back the next week. And you know what? That person was still sitting in that same place. And they went and sat by that person. That person knew their names, had been praying for them. That, that lady that she met in the nail salon who had reached over and said, hey, I want you to know about our church family. Well, Kim had said, I'm really interested in adoption and uh, supporting parents who are going through the adoption process or being involved in the uh, foster care support. And, they, and, and she said, hey, I know a lady in my small group that's really into that. She's leading the way in there. Can I introduce you to her? And she connects with that lady. Next thing you know, she, she and her husband, Kim and Steve, they're like, you know what? The Lord has just seemed to line up everything. We're, we're going we're gonna to go to the Discover FBG class. They went into the Discover FBG class and multiple leaders started to share with them what God's doing in their life and telling them about what was happening is an amazing experience. They found out more about what's going on. They found out about someone else in our church family who's involved in foster care type ministry. They plugged in with them. They're starting to get involved in a ministry opportunity. They're starting to plug into a small group discipleship opportunity. Their kids are starting to plug in. You know what they've decided? They've decided they want to be a part of this church family. That excites me. Did you know over 20 different people from our church family were engaged in helping that family find their place right here. 20 different people just loving God, loving people, helping others do the same. And a family new to our area says, your mission so touched us, we want to join the mission. And now they're going to be loving God, loving people, and helping others do the same right along with us. That is our vision. That's it. It's, it's not any more complicated than that. In fact, you could ask every one of our pastors, and they will tell you a similar story of somebody in our community or their neighborhood that they've engaged with in a similar way. And you can see people scattered all around them, connected to our church family. And we're all together a part of this mission of just helping people find God and follow Him. That's it. That's the vision. Think about it like this. God designed every single person to find Him. According to Acts chapter 17, verse 27, God has designed every single person to find Him. And as wonderful as Williamson County and our region is, I mean, I love this area, don't you? It's a great area in which to live. As wonderful as it is, it's still a broken place. And this area where we live still provides anyone all sorts of options to find temporary satisfaction in place of finding God. And what that means is that everyone needs help finding God. You think about how you found God, somebody helped you. Everybody needs help finding God. 
God designed everyone to find him. Everybody needs help finding him. And God designed the church to help people find God and follow him. That's why we, as a church family, striving to be a ready bride for the return of Christ, use our time, our talents, and our treasure to help people find God. And when they find God and decide to follow him, we help them grow in a relationship with God so that they can join us in the vision of helping others do the same. That's who we are. We help people. We help people. One of the things I love about our church family is we have a history of helping people. It's who we are. And I want you to see so clearly what it is we're really about that you never misunderstand what we're doing when we help people. Did you ever think to yourself over the last couple of months, why in the world are those academy trailers taking up our parking spaces? Anybody think that? I mean, last Sunday, we had, I think, somewhere in the neighborhood of 20 to 30 parking spaces available on our whole campus. Okay, we need parking, right? But academy trailers are taking up our parking spaces. Now, they're not there anymore, and we're blessing them for that. But why do we do that? I'll tell you why. We help people. They needed a place for their trailers. We want to be a blessing to the community. So we help people. You know why the Parkinson's support group meets in our building every Monday morning? And right outside my office, they're playing this music that interferes with my study time. You know why we do that? Because we help people. You know why we've given away tens of thousands of dollars over the last, you know, 10 years or so to help people who are needy in our church and community? You know why we do that? We help people. That's what we do. We help people. You know why we provide marriage help and parenting help and Bible studies and small groups and worship services and all host of things for families and kids and seniors? You know why we're doing all the stuff we do? Because we help people. That's who we are. We help people find God and follow Him so that they can help people find God and follow Him. That's the vision. If, you're, if you've been waiting for the big reveal... Like, what's he going to drop on us? What is he really asking us to do? If you're apprehensive and you've been scared about what I'm going to throw out there that's going to blow this world up, I'm going to just tell you, there is no other agenda. That's the vision. We just want people to find God like we found him. And we believe there's nobody else more uniquely called to do that, designed to do that than the church. And we want to be ready, bride, for the return of Christ. We just want to help people. So the next time someone asks you, hey, what's FBG about? What's the purpose down there? What do you guys exist for? What's this all about? Tell me about your church family. It's really easy. Here it is. We just help people. What do you mean you help people? Yeah, everything we're doing is helping people. What for? We want to help people find God and follow him because we believe that Jesus Christ is coming again and the bride of Christ will only be ready if we tell everybody about his return and they have a chance to join the wedding feast of the Lamb. We help people.
because we believe we are uniquely gifted and designed to help people find God. That's, that's it. That's the vision. Now think with me for a minute. Look at the horizon of the land of promise. Just in your mind's eye, think with me for a minute. What could it look like if each one of us takes our very next step in that vision? What could it look like in our land? Two years, 10 years, 50 years. 153 years ago, 13 people decided they would take their next step and they would plant a church with the ambition to help the bride of Christ be ready. 13 people, 153 years ago. Do you know what today is in our community because of those 13 people? There are five churches or campuses that are meeting in our county right now because 13 people 153 years ago decided we're going to take our very next step. And do you know that there are many people scattered throughout all the world who've come out of those five churches or campuses to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. Did you know that? There are people all over the world that have come out of those five churches and campuses. Do you know that every single week those five churches or campuses are reaching thousands of people with the gospel of Jesus Christ right here where we live? 153 years ago, 13 people took their very next step. And I'm just asking you to think with me, what could happen if our church family decided to take that kind of next step, what could happen? I mean, is it, is it possible that God could bless us in the next year to two years with a hundred people being baptized because they've decided to follow Jesus Christ and make him Lord and Savior of their lives? Could that happen? Could it happen that we have a thousand people go through Discover FBG in the next 12 to 24 months? A thousand people, could that happen? Could we plant a couple more campuses in our county and reach even more people? Could we align with a network of churches in our county in the, in the number of a dozen, two dozen churches who align and say, we just want to help people find God right here where we live and start reaching tens of thousands instead of thousands? Is that possible? Is it possible in our lifetime that God could use our church family to do something right here where we live? We're reaching over 100,000 people every week of the gospel right here in Williamson County in our region. Is that possible? Yes. Do I see that horizon? Yes. But none of that matters if you and I will not simply take the next step we see so clearly. Are you looking? For your next step because God is going to show it to you because he doesn't hide his plans are you willing to take it I want to read a passage of scripture to you this morning to encourage us all to take our next steps it's Ephesians chapter 4 starting in verse 11 Ephesians 4 11. And he gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, equipping the saints for the work of the ministry 
to build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's Son, growing into maturity with a stature measured by Christ's fullness. Then we will no longer be little children tossed by the waves and blown around by every wind of teaching, by human cunning, with cleverness in the techniques of deceit. But speaking the truth in love, let us grow in every way into him who is the head, Christ. From him the whole body, fitted and knit together by every supporting ligament, promotes the growth of the body for the building of itself in love by the proper working of each individual part. The Lord tells us that His design is for leaders in the church to so lead the way that every member of the church, including the leaders, can flourish and faithfully take their next steps of being a part of the body of Christ. Every part doing what God called that part to do. This scripture encourages us under the leadership of the church that His plan is for everyone to take their next step. And and we're given this picture that the church is like the body, the human body. You think about the human body and how our heads tell the rest of our bodies everything to do. Jesus Christ is the head of the church informing the church exactly what she should do, each individual part. God is not hiding His plans. He's telling us. And we each one have to do our next step under the direction of our head, Jesus Christ, so that we might flourish and become a mature bride of Christ so that the world might see more clearly the gospel of Jesus Christ. So like the human body has billions of cells all working together to be a healthy functioning human body, so we in the church are made up of individual members, each one under the direction of Jesus Christ taking our very next step. If any one of us does not take our very next step, the body is adversely affected. You know what we call that in the human body? When one cell goes rogue and does whatever it wants to do instead of what it should be doing and aligning with the purpose of the body. You know what we call that? We call that cancer. And what do we do when cancer attacks the body? Who in here hates cancer? I mean, that creates emotion in me. We're doing a funeral today after church about somebody who died from cancer. Every one of us have had somebody in our lives been touched by cancer, right? We hate it. So what do we do? We try to address those cancerous cells and eradicate them from the human body so that those cells don't reproduce and overwhelm the human body with a bunch of individual cells doing whatever they want instead of what the body needs all the cells to do so that the body flourishes. You get the picture? We we cannot be a church where people are more concerned about whatever they want to do. We must be a people who are concerned chiefly with what God wants us to do. We'll never experience the vision we see on the horizon if we don't all 
take the very next step in alignment with Jesus Christ. But if we will take that next step, it's going to be an adventure. Like it's going to be the funnest thing we've ever been a part of. It would be the most amazing thing we've ever been a part of. I had no idea. So yes, I am 50 tomorrow. I had no idea I was going to have a jersey in my name today. So excited about that. Glad our staff team loves me. When you get to be 50 and older, you, you can start thinking in terms of 25s. Isn't that right? You, you think about the first 25, the second 25, and then you think about the third 25, and then you think about the fourth quarter, the last 25. You start thinking about those things. So I was thinking about the first quarter. I had no idea that during the first quarter of my life that I would invest some time in a young man. This is 25 years ago. I'd invest time in a young man just helping him find God, follow God in such a way that he could find God and follow God. I had no idea that spending that time investing in that young man at that time would result 20 years later in him being the key person in my name becoming available to the search team at this church family. I had no idea that, that 25 years ago my life was already being intertwined with this church family. I had no idea. I had no idea that 25 years ago when I spent time with another young man, investing in him and, and helping him find God and follow him, that, that 25 years later, that young man would now be an older man and he would be one of the people in charge at the developer right around this church building that would enable me to meet with all the other people in charge of the development right around this church building so that I would be in a place of favor among those who are in charge in, with the developer around this church building. I had no idea 25 years ago that God was intertwining my life with this church family. I had no idea 25 years ago when I poured my life out into a young man and a young woman so that they could find God and follow him and help somebody else find God and follow him, that they would, you know, 25 years later, be serving the Lord in one of the darkest places on the face of the earth, helping people find God and follow him in a place where very few people lived who knew God. And that they would be the instrumental reason why our church family would be invited to pour out our lives in East Asia shaping the lives, the marriages, and the families of over a thousand workers all across East Asia. I had no idea that God had 60 plus people from our church family in mind 25 years ago who would go to East Asia and be a blessing to all those thousands of people who were giving their lives away across East Asia. I had no idea that God was weaving those things together. I had no idea that 25 years ago plus that I would seek to influence a young man to follow Christ and that I would seek to influence another young man to follow Christ 
and that those two young men would do the same. And they would lead to Christ two other men in their lives who I've since become very good friends with. I had no idea that those two young guys I invested in would lead these two guys to know Jesus Christ. And I had no idea that these two guys would eventually become the main leaders, pastor leaders, at a sister church down the road south of us called the Austin Stone Community Church. I had no idea that those two guys would be pastoring that church when God called me to this church some 25 years later. But they called me when God called me and they said, we've been praying for North Williamson County. And we believe that FBG is an answer to our prayer. Now, is that an adventure or what? Now, none of that happened because I was a lead pastor of a big church. All of that happened because that's just God's design for his church. That each one of us helps someone else find God and follow him. Don't you want to be a part of that adventure? I know I do. So I'm going to give you one more category to think about your next steps. So we talked last week about the launching category. I'm a launching follower of Jesus Christ, which means I've decided to follow him. I've made him Lord and Savior of my life. I want to be baptized now. That's, that's a launching point. I'm launching into following Jesus Christ. Hey, you know what I want to do? I want to start being more consistent in my church attendance, and I want to start plugging in. I'm, I'm launching with my time. I'm beginning to give my time for the mission of God's church. I'm beginning to give my skill set. I want to start serving in some way. I just want to jump in and be a part of something. I'm going to launch into that. I'm going to launch into supporting the church with my resources. I'm, going to, I'm just going to give some stuff to the Lord because I want to be a part of the mission. Did you know that 60% of our church, 60% of our church, who gives to support the mission, gives on average less than $1,000 per calendar year? 60% of our church, on average, gives less than $1,000 to support the mission for our church per year. Now, let me tell you what that means. we got a lot of people who are launching, and I am grateful for that. Like, if you're doing that, thank you. Thank you for giving to the Lord. Now, here's what I want you to think about. How do you take a next step with your time, your talent, your treasures? So maybe you're in the launching category and you're saying, I want to move to my next step and I want to be a learning follower of Christ. I want to be a, a learning member of this church family. So what that means is with your time is I'm, I'm going to start coming to worship. If that's your one hour, I'm going to start coming. I'm going to get involved in a small group. Like I'm going to commit to a small group for the rest of the fall. Maybe I'm going to say I'm going to be involved in a service opportunity, a ministry opportunity more frequently. I'm going, to, I'm going to commit to something for a short period of time just to see how it goes. I want to be learning in this area. Maybe in the area of giving, you're like, hey, I've not been giving as much as I think the Lord could enable me to give. I'm going to give a little bit more and be real consistent with that. I want to be a learning follower of Christ. So those are our first two categories, and they designed for us ways to think about our next steps. Here's the third category, leading, leading. If you want to take a step towards leading in our church family, what that means with your time is you're going to give in time for corporate worship. You're going to give in time for a small group commitment. You're going to give in time to regular ministry leadership. You're going to be plugged into a ministry and you're going to be responsible and faithful to fulfill your responsibilities in said ministry. You're going to be faithful. 
with your time and your talent. You're giving it away and you're giving it away consistently and faithfully with your resources. Here's where you fall into the leading category. You said, I'm going to give 10% of what God has given me to the church. This is the way I'm going to lead. We call that a tithe. And I just want to tell you that I, Lindley and I have been giving at least 10% of what the Lord has given us since we got married. So this is not something that I'm foreign to. This is something that I've practiced for 27 years. And I just want to tell you, I would not be encouraging you to follow the Lord in this way if the Lord had not clearly said this is what he wants for his people. And I certainly wouldn't be standing up here today saying it to you if it hadn't already been a great blessing to my life. So I'm just inviting you into that blessing. You will not regret deciding to lead in your treasure faithfully and consistently. Maybe you're not there yet. The last thing I want you to do is feel guilty this morning. What I want you to feel is encouraged that you've taken any steps at all and consider what your next step is. Because if we're not all taking our next step, whatever that is, we will not be who God calls us to be. So let's say you're just giving a small percentage of your money. Well, give a little bit more. Let's say you're giving a percentage of your time and your skills. Give a little bit more. Why? Because we are a part of a mission that does not work if we are all living for ourselves. God designed this whole thing to work when we decide to take the next step, living for something far better than just ourselves. We were designed to find Him. As the church, we're designed to help others find Him. And we'll do it best when we decide to give our lives away. Living generously with our time, talent, and treasure. You know what's happened to me this last week? I've seen pumpkins everywhere. <laughs> Monday morning, I had emails greeting me, pictures of pumpkins on people's patio. That didn't help. I didn't, I didn't feel encouraged. I felt even more of a failure because my pumpkin vine has died, and I have no way of getting pumpkins on my vine. It's done. And so uh, I got pictures. I even got this week a pumpkin carving kit from some kind family in our church. And, and I'm really grateful to have that. I'm, it's in my office to remind me how much the Lord can do when I trust him. And I got this pumpkin carving kit. Then on the, on the counter this week, I'm walking through the house and I see on the counter this invitation to a baby shower. You know what it's, it, the invitation says? Come celebrate the little pumpkin. <laughs> like, you got to be kidding me. It's everywhere. I walk into a store, and I'm walking around the store, and what's, what's the primary decor that's happening in stores right now? Pumpkins. I can't escape it. Do you know what happened last Sunday right after church? I get a text from the lady who's leading the way. She's in the leading category, and she's specifically leading the way as, as, it, it, as it pertains to the next steps dinner. So she's, she's organizing that whole thing, doing a fantastic job. She sends me a text right after church when I told the story about pumpkins. She goes, you're never going to believe this. I met on Friday with the lady who's helping with the decor, and she proposed that the, one of the main themes in the decor is pumpkins. <laughs> what? Our next step dinner is going to have pumpkins everywhere. And I'm sitting there thinking, okay, God's telling me something. Like, he never hides his plans. Am I looking? And so I'm simply asking the Lord, Lord, confirm in my heart those fears that I need to break before you and just take my next step of trusting you. And I just, I just want our church family to do that together. Take your next step.
That's the vision. Amen.